0: Hey everyone and welcome back to Pucks and Pages.
1: My name is Steven, that is my book-loving wife, as always, Liberty.
0: We're a married couple with different interests and we try to drag each other into our hobbies by discussing the latest news in both books and sports.
1: Today is a book episode and boy it was fun to try to get here with the technical difficulties. that
0: We had a lunch break that was full of anxiety and technical difficulties and it was a very long, annoying lunch break. Yes. But now we're back to record the book episode.
1: And the things that were the problem have
0: been fixed? I don't like the question in your voice at all. Because (laughs) I'm not looking forward to doing that again. Right. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. We were on vacation for about a week and a half. And we're also discussing the new releases for November. So I feel like this is one of the long episodes. Or at least that's how it seems prior to recording. So maybe get a snack, a drink, Be ready to go, and let's get into it.
1: Yeah, I would say about the only blessing is, is that we decided not to finish the book that we were already reading and just did a quick comic.
0: But we'll talk about that later. Yep. Carmen Mola, a crime author in Spain, won the coveted Planeta Prize recently. The award, including a million euros in cash, is presented to a Spanish author's unpublished work to boost an author's name and publicity before the book is officially published. However, when Carmen Mola's name was announced, the world was shocked to learn that Carmen is actually the collective identity of three middle aged men. The men claim that they wanted anonymity when it came to this genre of fiction writing. I guess they are all authors on their own and they haven't gone into this genre specifically. So they wanted to have anonymity when it came to publishing that work. But they had no problem stepping into the public eye to receive this award. (laughs)
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny, actually. Right? It's like, maybe they should have done their homework?
0: No, no.
1: Before they gave them a million euros?
0: Well, okay, the people at the publishing house that chooses this, yes. Completely yeah. correct.
1: I was going to say, I'm like...
0: I thought you said the authors need to do their homework? Like, no, they did this intentionally.
1: Well, they didn't win the award intentionally. They They legitimately were just trying to do something together and not, like... They have a pen name, basically, which is very common in the writing world. Here's the
0: thing. They could have chosen a male pen name. They could have. They went with a woman's pen name. Also, let me tell you more. The author's website even claimed that, quote, she was a middle-aged mother who worked as a professor and wrote brutal crime novels at night, which is part of what attracted readers to her novels. Her novels. I have a big problem with this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I understand where it's coming from. I don't know. I, like, we've literally watched a TV show where one of the people was a gay gentleman who penned names under a woman's name as well. So, like.
0: That's very different. Uh, that is very different. Um,
1: not far. Like, we're in, both of them would be, like, the same type of, like, food, I would imagine. Maybe just a little different. I don't know.
0: Publishing is an industry that is already dominated by men and what men want to see published. Yeah. And a lot of people found that this was completely deceptive to write under a woman's name, especially when people are specifically going out of their way nowadays to read more broadly. Yeah. And to read women and to read women in things other than romance. It just, it's incredibly frustrating.
1: I don't think they had the intent of doing everything that you're making it out to be really like I don't think they were trying to write as a woman to get people to read their book more if they're already authors wouldn't them just writing it underneath their own name make them more money
0: not if they're breaking into a new genre yeah and also whether they had the intention of doing this or not it's still ugly
1: no disagreement on that that's the one thing I'll agree with you on
0: Netflix is starting its own book club apparently that's a thing it will be hosted by Uzo Aduba. She was in Orange is the New Black. I don't know the correct pronunciation of her name. That's the best I could come up with. I'm sure I said it wrong. The book club is going to feature books that are getting their own adaptations. I wonder why Netflix would want that. It's, we know why. That was to say, I'm like, yes. is that a serious question? I just no. don't understand. The first book that has been picked was Passing by Nella Larson, which is a love story about black women who can pass as white, and the film is set to star Tessa Thompson. As the host of the book club, Ajuba will talk to authors, cast members, and others involved in the adaptation process.
1: It's interesting, but it's really just another step for them to make more money, as well to like, anything that's already being adapted to Netflix or any other TV series or movie. It's like, publicized heavily on the book as it were anyways, so, like, how often do you go into Barnes & Noble and see something that's being adapted to Netflix and it says, coming soon to Netflix, like, or available adaptation on Netflix? The
0: thing that I think works in Netflix's favor is the people who don't read a lot in general. Something like this, or like you said, like, the stickers on the books will up the selling of those books. Yeah. Like, when... Bridgerton I think that's what it's called the first book is like the Duke and I that sold out online so much so that people's used copies were selling for 30 40 100 dollars on eBay because people just wanted to read it after watching the show and I'm sure something like that will happen with these book to movie adaptations
1: it, it happens with every adaptation to an extent as long as it's done well of course right my concern always is that is it done well by the book standards or by just it being an adaptation?
0: I mean, some people will argue that, like, they're two separate monsters, so you shouldn't compare them to each other, and you just want a good movie or a good TV show to come out of it. Just really depends on who you are. Right. The T.S. Eliot Prize has come out with the shortlist for 2021. The prize awards twenty five thousand pounds to the winning poet, and £1.5,000 each to those on the shortlist. This is a prize for the UK and Ireland, and it is all about poetry. So I haven't read a single one of these, but I'll go ahead and give you the list.
1: I can tell you with certainty I haven't even heard of any of these people.
0: All right. All the Names Given by Raymond Antrobus, A Blood Condition by Keo Chingoni. Men Who Feed Pigeons by Salima Hill.
1: I love the name of that one.
0: Eat or We Both Starve by Victoria Kenefik. The Kids by Hannah Lowe. Ransom by Michael Simmons Roberts. Single Window by Daniel Sluman. C Plus Into and Other Poems by Joelle Taylor.
1: I thought that was a typo, I'll be completely honest.
0: No. (laughs) I don't know if that's the correct way to say the title or not, but it's what it looks like. A Year in the New Life by Jack Underwood. Stones by Kevin Young. For those who are excited about poetry, I guess those are the hot titles that have come out. Fox News Books, which is the publishing imprint of Fox News Media, has a new deal with HarperCollins to publish six new titles. So if you feel like canceling anyone, make it HarperCollins.
1: I don't promote cancel culture, so...
0: That's why it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. Debuting in November, All-American Christmas will be the third title from the imprint. This one will be authored by Fox & Friends Weekend co-host Rachel Campos Duffy and her husband Sean Duffy. Fox News Books launched last November. It has been said that Fox News Books will feature books surrounding key themes important to the Fox News media audience.
1: I'll be sure to tell all my Republican friends that they have books now.
0: But that was all the major news that came out while we were on vacation. The meatier part of this episode is going to be the new releases that will be coming out in November. There are always more than the ones that I list, of course, but these ones are either super popular or I'm very interested in. Coming out on November 2nd is You Can Go Your Own Way by Eric Smith. I read this one on NetGalley and rated it 3.25 stars. In this one... Adam Stillwater is determined to protect a pinball arcade that is the only piece of his dad that he has left. Whitney Mitchell is spending her senior year running social media for her dad's chain of successful gaming cafes. But when a huge snowstorm hits, Adam and Whitney suddenly find themselves trapped inside the arcade. I think I've explained this one before as enemies to lovers, but really it's like friends to enemies to lovers, which was more interesting than just straight up enemies to lovers to me.
1: Well, that's good at least. I was going to ask you how, how it was built out because it sounds like they would definitely be enemies at some point, to an extent. They
0: definitely have a Twitter feud at the start of the book, which is always interesting in books.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to have to write.
0: Also coming out on November 2nd is Gilded by Marissa Meyer. This one is a Rumpelstiltskin retelling. In Gilded, a poor Miller's daughter developed a talent for spinning stories that are fantastical and spellbinding and utterly untrue, or so everyone believes, until she is swept into a world completely unlike her own when she draws the attention of the sinister Earl King. The last one coming out on November 2nd is one I'm super excited about. It's In the Ballroom with the Candlestick by Diana Peterfrunn. It is the final book in the Clue Mystery Trilogy. After a tragic accident that forever changed the lives of the murder crew and killing one of their own, the students at Blackbrook Academy are just trying to get by, when the dark secret at the heart of Blackbrook forces its way into their lives. Differences will have to be put aside if anyone expects to survive until prom.
1: Bum, dun, dun, bum, dun.
0: And one that I am currently reading, and it comes out on November 9th, is All of Us Villains by Amanda Foody and Christine Lynn Herman. Every generation, seven families in the remote city of Ilvernath, each name a champion to compete in a tournament to the death in order to have exclusive control over a secret well of high magic. At this point in my reading, I would argue that it's a little Harry Potter, a little Hunger Games, and a little of an epic high fantasy of some sort.
1: That seems like a lot of things. Yes. Is it done
0: well-ish? At this point, I'm enjoying it. There are definitely some parts that I feel got over edited if that makes sense they've just looked at it and reworked it so many times that it's a little nah but it's still pretty good it's good coming out a week later on november 16th is unraveling 11 by jerry chisholm it's book number two in the 11 trilogy taking place immediately after the events of book one we see the fallout from what happened when eve hamilton left compound 11 in the first book we saw a tyrannical government and what happens when one girl challenges everything.
1: Sounds kind of familiar to an extent.
0: It was very familiar when I read the first one, but I have the second one on ARC, uh, NetGalley ARC. So I'm going to give it a try and see if it is any better. I liked the first one, obviously, enough to request the second book, but I have a feeling that if this one is about the same or worse than the first one, I won't continue the series. Releasing on November 23rd is Cytonic by Brandon Sanderson. This is book number three in the Skyward series. Skyward is a sci-fi series about a world that has had to fight every second for survival against the alien Krell. We continue in this one to see Spence face another alien foe. And that's the best I can give you, given that it's the third book in a series.
1: I'm glad you haven't spoiled it for me. I'm actually very excited to finish reading it this week. I'm sad that I didn't get to last week, but being on vacation, it was one more big thing to haul around with us, and we really didn't have room for anything else when we packed. We're lucky we got everything back that we purchased while we were right. on vacation, but I'm excited to get there.
0: Coming out on November 30th will be You'll Be the Death of Me by Karen M. McManus. It's another mystery novel from the author of One of Us is Lying that is pitched as Ferris Bueller's Day Off with Murder. Three old friends set out to have an epic ditch day and it goes horribly, fatally wrong.
1: I I don't know how you cross over a comedy with murder, but I'm like, that sounds like it might be good.
0: She is a well-loved author and I've definitely enjoyed One of Us is Lying and it definitely had The Breakfast Club vibes but at the same time, like, it was its own thing. I feel like this could be good, but I also haven't seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, so I feel like I'm not going to get, like, all the callbacks and stuff that are going to be in the book.
1: So we're watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off is what I'm hearing.
0: I don't think that's what I said.
1: I'm pretty sure that's what you said.
0: Also coming out on November 30th is Oddball by Sarah Anderson. It's the fourth book in a graphic novel series that is the latest collection of Sarah's Scribbles comics. This one explores the evils of procrastination, the trials of the creative process, the cuteness of kittens, and the beauty of not caring about your appearance as much as you did when you were younger. It's not the usual amount of things that are coming out that I'm excited for, but a lot of my favorite authors are publishing, so that's good.
1: I'll say it doesn't sound bad, like there's some good options. I'm sure there's other ones that like, are out there for other people, but right, you know. Right.
0: This is definitely tailored to me and what I like. Right. So as for what I've been reading, I read seven things while we were gone. I would normally expect me to have read eight, but we were on vacation. And so a lot of the stuff I read were like comics, graphic novels, short novellas. I just, I didn't have time to finish the one I'm currently working on. Yeah,
1: it was mostly whatever you could grab for a few minutes like while I was getting ready in the morning or vice versa when we were getting ready for bed. It was mostly when we were reading and then flights, obviously, sitting around airports.
0: But before we went on vacation, I read You Can Go Your Own Way by Eric Smith. I talked about it a little bit earlier. I read it through NetGalley and rated it 3.25 stars. It felt like Just a standard YA contemporary, like, it didn't do anything, like, new or different.
1: Or special, necessarily.
0: Right. And also, I had some struggle with the fact that I'm a 32-year-old woman, and there were some things these children were doing that I was like, hey, no, we don't do that. But apparently we do that, because they did.
1: I don't know what you're referencing, just because I didn't read the book, so...
0: I'm... Referencing the fact that they were children behaving like children, and I'm a 32-year-old woman. Yeah. Like, at one point when they're snowed in, they're completely ignoring the things that they need to do for, like, safety. Okay. Because they lose power at one point, and they don't do any of the things I feel like you would need to do to survive in a snowstorm. And instead, they're sleeping on the cold, hard floor. They have no blankets or anything because they're in an arcade, obviously. They don't pile up like their clothes. They don't try to stay warm in like one spot. They go here. They go there. They go everywhere. Having been without power during a snowstorm, not a blizzard, but still, you want to stay in one contained spot so all the heat stays there, yeah. and like you usually want it to be a really small room. Yeah, so that it can stay as warm as possible. They're out in the middle of the open arcade, not like snuggling together, because like the romance hasn't happened yet. And like he keeps running here and there in the arcade to like pick things up that have nothing to do with like being stuck in a blizzard, right? Like he's going to find something to show her for the arcade, and like it has nothing to do with survival.
1: It's a book. We're not we're not reading Hatchet where they actually try to do things to survive. <laughs>
0: But, I mean, I kind of had to turn off that part of my brain that's like, okay, but where are your batteries? Where are your fly lashes? (laughs) Flashlights? They're
1: like flying eyelashes? Fly lashes?
0: (laughs) Maybe. Where are your flashlights? Where are your, like, basic safety equipment? I kind of have to just turn off that part of my brain and be like, your children behaving like children in the middle of a blizzard, Okay. And then I read Sabrina the Teenage Witch by Kelly Thompson, which was a 2019 release. It's a fantasy graphic novel that I rated four stars. It's another take on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, obviously. But this one had a lot of updates for the, like, boy drama and the diversity issues that the TV show had. So I felt like it was really good. I think I would read another one if they came out with it. I followed that one up with Pride and Premeditation by Terza Price. It's a new release from this April and the first book in the Jane Austen mystery series. I said it's a YA classic retelling because I don't know what to classify this as. I rated it four stars. In this one, it's a reimagining where Lizzie wants to be a lawyer and decides to prove her abilities to her father by getting to the bottom of a murder case. And getting the person who's been charged with the murder off because he didn't actually do it.
1: Got it. So yeah, kind of retelling to an extent.
0: It was pretty good. I I don't know if I'd read any more because I don't know the next one that she's doing. Like, I haven't read the original story for Sense and Sensibility. And she's going to do another murder mystery type retelling in the YA age range for that one. So I don't know if I'll keep up with this series or not, but I liked the first one. And then on our flight to Pittsburgh, I read Poison Ivy Thorns by Cody Keplinger. It's a new release from this past June, and it's a fantasy graphic novel. This is a new take on Poison Ivy's origin story, and I rated it 3.25 stars. It was okay. I wouldn't continue with it, I don't think. And there were some updates to, like diversity and gender norms and that sort of thing and that was fun to see but it was also a little bit traumatic and like of course when you create a villain or a hero like they're gonna have to go through something to make that happen it's
1: kind of the character arc usually but
0: like in this one her mom got sick working on a plant in a rainforest somewhere and her dad who's a doctor says that he's the only one who can cure her but in order to do so he has to experiment on ivy some of those scenes were just like really traumatic for no reason well like it has to create her origin story so i guess there is a reason it was just a lot
1: i don't know as somebody who's read comics throughout the years like it's pretty norm for things like that to exist but like especially knowing different ways that poison ivy's backstory has always been. It's kind of always been a very traumatic beginning.
0: Well, yeah. But talking about over-the-top comics, <laughs> I also read Berserker on that flight by Keanu Reeves. It came out this October and it's an adult graphic novel slash comic. It was a bind up of the first four volumes. I rated it three stars. This one is about an immortal half-god half-mortal guy who is sick of the violence he's bound to inflict and goes to the U.S. government to get answers. In exchange, he must help the U.S. in their endless wars. And I would suggest not reading this on a plane because I got some funny looks from the flight attendants.
1: Yeah, it's definitely gory. Obviously, we'll go into it more later. I don't know that I really want to go like step by step through it though. Right, right. Just because A, it's foundationally strong. That's what these four volumes really were, was trying to set up the character plot more so than anything it seemed, so.
0: Well, we'll get into it in a little bit. Yeah. And while we were staying in Pittsburgh, I read Poison for Breakfast by Lemony Snicket. It's a new release from this past August, and I labeled it as general fiction. This one, I went into thinking that it was a mystery about a poisoned main character and trying to get to the bottom of who poisoned him and how he can survive. But in reality, this is more of a philosophy novel that explores a lot of different sides to humanity. So I just went in with the wrong expectation. Now, when I read the thing on Goodreads originally this past July, I'm assuming, because I know I brought it up in books coming out in August, it did say that that's what it was, so my expectations were caused by the synopsis on Goodreads. That's not what the book's actually about. You do spend some time trying to unravel this note and like who would have left it and what part of his breakfast was poison and this stuff. But in reality, this guy wanders around town philosophizing about himself and his world and his worldview and privilege and all these other things. So if you go into it, just know that
1: probably pretty sound advice
0: but i did rate it 3.25 stars because it is still lemony snicket and like i like his style of nonsense cool, and silly writing and after we got back i read lumberjanes volume 3 a terrible plan by noelle stevenson this is a 2016 release and a ya fantasy comic or graphic novel whatever you want to call it they're pretty small This one I rated four stars. At this point, I've rated the first three volumes four stars each. So they're pretty much on track with each other. So they're
1: all pretty consistent in quality and...
0: Art style and yeah, all the things that I would look at to rate it were all consistent across the three volumes. And I wasn't planning on grabbing this one so soon because I, I want to read all 20, but I don't want to read them like back to back or anything like that. But we returned... Well, returned isn't the right word. We took in a bunch of books to half price books and then took that money and bought this.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I could ever do the half price book thing again. I think I made that pretty clear. Like, it's just... uh, I don't know.
0: It's like going to GameStop with video games. But but worse. Honestly,
1: it feels like worse.
0: I think it also depends on what you bring in. But yeah. Yeah. But in a terrible plan, we continue following the girls at Miss Quinzilla, Thisquin, Piniquiquil, Thistle, Crumpets Camp for Hardcore Lady Types as they attempt to earn as many boring badges as possible in one day and attempt to fight off dinosaurs. It's, I, uh, I feel like you would like this. It's a silly comic, and
1: I'm sure at some point I will read them, but like, just because I lean more towards graphic novels than. Judy, lately you've been really picking up your game,
0: like, a lot. Yeah, I've been reading a lot lately. And, like, I have a decent graphic novels, like, section, comic section.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm finding I can enjoy them. I just, I have to pick out things that are right for me and, like, what I want to read in a graphic novel or comic versus what everyone else says is good. Like, Monstrous, I've heard people go on and on about I've heard people go on and on about Descender. I've heard people go on and on about another one I can't remember the name of off the top of my head that's about these two alien races that come together and have a baby and go on the run But I don't remember the title of. But none of those are, like, anything I would want to read in comic or graphic novel form. So I think I just have to ignore what everyone else likes and just browse the shelves.
1: Truthfully, that's probably, like, the best choice anyways because then you're finding stuff that you already kind of know you like. And down the line, if somebody on BookTube is just like, hey, this would be recommended for a person that likes this, this, or this, you're like, well, I've read those things, so I probably will enjoy this.
0: I think that's also just good advice for people getting into reading for the first time in a while.
1: Pick stuff that sounds interesting to yourself.
0: And just ignore what everyone else is saying. Yeah, Yeah.
1: just because otherwise, like, you get your opinions formed by other people, and sometimes you may differ, because people are people after all.
0: Right, right. As for what I plan on reading next, I've already told you I've started All of Us Villains by Amanda Foodie and Christine Lynn Herman. I'm about three quarters of the way through this one, so it shouldn't take me that long to finish this book, this arc. But like I said before, this is about every generation, seven families in the remote city of Ilvernath, each name a champion to compete in a tournament to the death in order to have exclusive control over a secret well of high magic. And I kind of like so far in this one that it's brought in the idea of magic into modernity, I guess is the way to say that. And so, like, before the tournament happened, a bunch of kids gathered at the pub and there were a bunch of pinball machines and they were playing pinball machines, but then they were, like, getting angry at each other and cursing each other. So, like, it seemed like they were just taking... A magic system and putting it in the real world. And I like that so far. Yeah. But I wouldn't argue that it's urban fantasy. A lot of people say when there's magic in the real world, that's urban fantasy. This one still feels very much like an epic fantasy because at a certain point they actually go into the tournament and all the modern stuff and everything is gone. And it's just you and your magic and your wits to try to survive this tournament. Got it. After that, I'm going to read Order of the Phoenix.
1: Part of your reread.
0: Moving on. (laughs) I am going to attempt to also read all of The Beautiful by Renee Audier, which is a 2019 release and book number one in the Beautiful series. This is a fantasy novel about vampires that is set in 1872 New Orleans, but... For our main character, New Orleans is a refuge after she's been forced to flee her life as a dressmaker in Paris until one of the girls from the convent she is taking shelter in has been found murdered. Dun-dun-dun.
1: Lots of dun-dun-duns, but it's that is the this season. time of the year, yeah. It's
0: the season for the dun-dun-dun. Yeah. I really wanted to finish this one by the end of this month, but because... I read a lot of things I wasn't planning on reading, and then I didn't read things I was planning on reading on the trip. I'm just sort of behind at this point.
1: I don't know that you're behind. You just read different things than you were originally planning. Because like if, if you had to speak towards like your yearly reading, you're ahead of most of your targets.
0: I'm behind as far as what I wanted to read for this month by the end of the month because I haven't read everything, nor do I think I'll be able to read everything that was on that list at the beginning of the month. Yeah. As far as numbers go, I'm going to end up tripling what I put as my Goodreads goal by the time we get to the end of the year. So
1: everything's fine is what
0: I'm hearing. Yeah, in reality. I would like to finish this Saturday or Sunday, but we'll see what happens. But like you had mentioned before, you didn't end up finishing Skyward by Brandon Sanderson, which is what we said you were going to end up reading before we recorded today. But... vacation just kind of throws everything off.
1: I was going to say, we were pretty busy most of the trip. I think we only took really like one personal night off and then we had a travel night, but like we were on a plane and again, I had nowhere to pack a big old book like that.
0: Definitely not. I could have bought the ebook for you, but it just, it didn't work out and that's fine because we'll have you read it this week and we'll talk about Skyward, the end of it next week.
1: Which I'm excited to get done. Trust me, like I was... On pins and needles after we finished the last section, so it's just like, let's go.
0: Yeah, it's not that you didn't want to read it, it's just the way everything shook out.
1: Yeah. We did have a a magnificent trip. We didn't find that
0: many great
1: bookstores in Pittsburgh, which is weird because, like, we watched that person's YouTube channel and they're like, there's great bookstores everywhere in Pittsburgh, and I'm like, way outside of city limits, sure, but, like, in the city itself, like...
0: In the city of Pittsburgh, it was really hard to find anything really outside of like sports things and restaurants it was hard to find anything else
1: well like downtown pittsburgh to clarify is either over-the-top fancy restaurants sports stores
0: or sports bars
1: sports bars or businesses those are like the four things that exist in their downtown like we went to a small bookstore there it was a second-hand store
0: it was also several Well, several. It was a couple miles away from where we were staying. So, like, even then it wasn't really downtown. I would argue that it's, like, outside of downtown, but still in the city limits.
1: Yeah, and then we went to that one bookstore that was a little ways away. It was on the other side of the rivers, and that one was kind of cool. It was fun. Yeah. Took some cute pictures of the bear there.
0: But when we got back from our trip, you read Berserker. Yes. Volume 1, which was comics 1 through 4, I believe.
1: Yeah, they titled chapters in the volume, but the reality is they were the individual cuts of the comics when they were released.
0: That tends to be pretty standard though when it comes to bind-ups of yeah. multiples. Overall, what did you rate Berserker?
1: Um, so I would probably give it about a 3/5 because for what it is is it's literally just trying to give you an origin, like a history of right. who the character was. So, like, it really Also,
0: the character looks a lot like Keanu Reeves, which I guess is kind of the point.
1: It's 100% done on purpose, but... The reality of it is, is it was a foundational comic and a lot of people like, well, I didn't get a lot of story. Yeah, you did. You got like his entire background. The problem is you want more things. You want
0: more to be happening in present than all that backstory that you got.
1: Right. So like I read a lot of the reviews and on Goodreads, which probably was dangerous, but like everybody's giving it less than like two or five, three star. And the reason being is they're like, well, nothing really exciting happened in it. I'm like it's the first volume like relax right there's two more to come out they're gonna be four individual chapters in each one again so it's yeah. like there's plenty of time to still tell the story
0: yeah i think my thing is less to do with the story itself and how it's told and like the pacing and more to do with the fact that this is a total ripoff of the old guard in my opinion
1: It's kind of similar, yeah. I I see the similarities where he's kind of invincible and all that stuff. And, And
0: like, he's bound to violence. His violence is much gorier than the violence in the old guard, but I feel like the old guard has more of, like, a moral background. Like, morality has more to do with why they're being violent, and he just has this raw need for violence, which is different.
1: I think it's probably because of the way, like, so he came via... Like a gift, but let's be honest, it was more of like a cursed god that brought him to existence. And in turn, like he just has this hunger to kill. It's not that he has control of it necessarily. Right, right. And so I think that's the difference, I guess.
0: But at the the same time, this has come out several years after The Old Guard was originally published, individual comic at a time. And so you can kind of, if you're into The Old Guard and enjoy it, see all of those influences in this comic.
1: there's definitely there's influences there there's no arguing
0: that. And so there's that to contend with if you decide to pick this one up and have already enjoyed the old guard either comic or movie. But it also felt a little like it was trying to one-up the old guard. Like he's even older than Andromache was by A factor of 10 at least and then he's even more brutal and violent than the immortals of the old guard and that sort of thing so i feel like that's part of the reason i couldn't rate it higher than a three just because i do love the old guard so much and i feel like the old guard has a lot more when it comes to what kind of message it's trying to send because especially when you watch the movie you watch andromache and how she is just like sick of it and she's like, "This was completely pointless. We're not helping anybody. And then at the end, you see the whole like crazy wall of stuff of all the things that she and everyone else in the old guard have done over yeah. the years and like the what things innovations come from and it. things that have come from them. And so I feel like this isn't sending any sort of message like that. And so I want to know what the point of all the violence and gore and blood which is ubiquitous in this novel.
1: I th- I think we'll get more of that as we go into it because like part of the flaws of this front portion of the book is that he has memory lapses where he's just like getting a piece of what he remembers and so he's right. trying to get his memory back because after like so much murder you got to think your brain is Probably pretty screwed up, like, when it comes to remembering those types of things, so...
0: Well, and, like, we started out the whole thing meeting him as he's going on a mission for the United States because he has made an agreement with them that if you help me recover my memories so I can figure out what happened to me and figure out a way to end it all because he's sick of it after 80,000 years... Go figure. ...then I will help you fight your wars, point me at whatever you want me to kill, and I will, and that's our agreement. yeah. Like, that's kind of interesting and it feels like it would be a good, like, opening point for an action movie. And his background is interesting enough because you see how people have used him, especially his father and that sort of thing and all of that. But at the same time, it's kind of like there's so much blood and violence on the page that I I want there to be something at the end of this volume to sort of explain the violence or the need for violence or something
1: yeah so like some of the book where like the father was abusing his power by having him which he didn't want in the first place like he didn't want his wife to do what happened and so like it it could have been shortened like they didn't need to have so many murderous scenes to get the point across
0: right right like it was very clear
1: that after like the second battle that he was abusing the power. Right. And, and he's still a kid, technically, in that scene. So it's like, he doesn't, like, he, he understands he's killing people, but, like, he doesn't grasp why. Right. You know, he's just a kid, and he's got a hunger to kill things. And, and, and his dad's like, cool, let me put that to work. Like, and
0: we do see that the father originally tried to use him as a weapon against people who were coming for their tribe.
1: So at first it was, like, in good intention to defend the people that are there. Right.
0: Yeah. But then as he gained more power and area of land and all this stuff, then it became about keeping that power and then it became about getting more power and that sort of thing. It's just, I I don't like that much, like, bloody gore and violence and that sort of thing. It made it a really quick read because so many pages were just, like, blood and guts and dead people. Like a sentence or two. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the part that interested me more was towards the end of the bind-up, I think it was the fourth chapter, when the whole time we've been seeing methods that the government was using to try to get to the bottom of his memory problems, like take these pills, take this shot, go to therapy, get hypnosis, that sort of thing. But then at the end, you see that the therapist has sort of made a decision about what she's going to do moving forward and goes to where the zerker is staying and says sit down we need to talk and you get this idea that she's going to explain what the government hasn't been telling him correct and, the, and the, I i found that a good spot to end but i also thought like that was a good place for the story to go
1: i think it's a great next step i think that is Kind of where I was hoping it to go, because you kind of see through a lot of the therapy sessions, he's building this relationship with this woman doctor. And, like, she becomes more and more important as it comes along. Like, she was barely there at the beginning, and then there's just, like, longer and longer clips of her being in the comic. And so, like, it makes sense that the next step would be for her to do something outrageous. And you can tell that she's offended by what's going on as well. Right,
0: right. And there are moments during this where you feel like he's not being told something. So I felt like that was a good way to bind up those scenes where you were given that impression and gave that a good jumping off point for the next volumes.
1: Yeah, so the fifth chapter comes out at some point like early next year.
0: I was pretty sure it comes out this month. Okay. Or November. Maybe it
1: comes month. out sooner than that then, but the next bind-up isn't until, like, late next year, based on right. what I was reading. So, yeah.
0: so what they're going to do is come up with the next four volumes over the course of the next year, and then this one, the next one, it'll volume, be volume
1: two, two, yeah, will come out. Yeah.
0: Honestly, I'm not sure about reading it for myself. Like, I don't know if I'm intrigued enough with what she, the Doctor, has to say to continue. But maybe it'll take a step back from all the blood and gore now that we have his backstory. Yeah. So we'll see. Because there wasn't as much violence on the present timeline. There was just a couple of fights that he went into and then his treatment during the present timeline. Right. right. So we'll see. It's kind of up in the air. Though I guess this is the same publisher who does Lumberjanes. Boom. Yeah, I didn't know that till I just saw the back of the thing they, in my hands.
1: They cover quite a big range of things:
0: blood and gore, and then Miss Penny Queequeg's camp.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I am excited to finish the third portion of our book that we've already been reading. So I would, yes, um,
0: it's a little more delayed than I would like, but we'll get through the whole series. Right. The real question is: Am I going to have you read the two novellas that come? after Star Sight, and before Cytonic.
1: I feel like I should, so that I understand everything.
0: Right. Well, and the first novella came out in October, one's coming out in November, and then Cytonic comes out like a week after that. So. Right. I don't think we're going to, you know, get it back to back to back, but we'll get through the whole series.
1: Correct. But... I guess we'll catch you for the next sports episode on Tuesday of next week.
0: And make sure you guys are paying attention to all of our social media because we will be dropping hints about the next sports adventure we're going on in the next week or two.
1: Yeah, definitely, because we have some planning to do. So,
0: yep, We'll leave all the links for that in the show notes.
1: And we'll see you next time, guys. Bye.
0: Bye.